Boys R Us Podcast. We are back with another episode. This is episode 47. And we've got the first game of the 23-24 season under our belts. Away at Brentford, we drew 2-2. Which, for the record, is exactly what I predicted. I want to make sure I'm pointing that out. Because I didn't get a lot of predictions right last year. So now that uh, I actually got one. On the first game of the season, of course, I'm going to say to myself, I'm going to get them all right. 38-0. Um, other than that, I guess, Kim, we can start with you since you missed the last episode. How are you feeling about the team after the 2-2 draw? I'm fairly confident about the team, honestly. Uh, I feel like the things that went wrong... Um, I mean, obviously, those balls over the top are always going to be something that you worry about. But I felt like, in general, we marshaled those pretty well to have three of our back five be new players into the team and then have our senior <laughs> center back. It's it's kind of funny to now think of Romero as a senior player on our back line, but now he is. Um, I mean, I guess Vicario's older than him, but I mean, in terms of like Spurs, um, in, in terms of guys who have played for Spurs, Romero has been the guy that's been here the longest um, and he goes out really, really early. Um, and, you know, I just feel like Dav did come in and like acquit himself very well. I just want to say that, like, I don't I don't feel like for whatever reason yesterday that he was the problem. Um, but you could just see that there's just there was just a different level of defensive intensity um and so i feel like losing cootie kind of sucked but it did give you an idea that the team is not just the guys that start and i feel like we're gonna get back to seeing like a more team led sort of like endeavor where it's not just your starting 11 um so overall um sort of impressed and I guess we'll go into stuff more but just that was just my first quick take was I felt like in general we acquitted ourselves pretty well we responded to adversity um and in the second half we were the team that looked like they were gonna get the goal obviously that didn't end up happening but um you know you could see the endeavor was there yeah I, I agree with pretty much all of that it's uh it seemed to be pretty much what we expected except for uh a good version of that if, that, if that makes sense, in terms of we did expect to look a little, um, you know, a little open at the back. Like Kim said, the ball's over the top, the ball's in the channels, and we, we definitely did see that. But our I was really impressed, actually, with how quickly, well, Vanaven in, in particular, but uh, Vanaven and, and uh, Udogi just looked like they had been playing together for a little while. That seemed like the, the tighter side of our defense, if anything. It seemed like Royale was actually the, the weakest link in yeah, he was. defense, which I don't think many people would have guessed looking at that back line going into the game. Um, so, yeah, I was hugely encouraged with uh, with Vandevan in particular. And again, Udogi, very balanced. Sanchez, I'm pleasantly surprised to see him out there looking fairly uh, comfortable. I wonder if if he could be one of the, the uh, players to benefit from the most from instead of having kind of like a bully of a dad to having an, an encouraging dad, because uh, he, you always hear the stories about how in practice he looks the most comfortable on the ball, you know, all this stuff. Maybe he's not as worried about getting, you know, torn to shreds by Conte or the like. Um, and that Angel have his back. If he makes a mistake while he's trying to play his style, like he said, his, he'll be there for his players. If they, if they do what he's asking them to do, he will protect them. Um, so I could I could see that being a thing. Obviously, early times, but let's see what happens. I was like Kim said, it was almost I would call it a blessing in disguise with Romero. But I was also um, in in that vein really quickly. Very happy to see Ange pull him off like immediately, even though you could see that he did not want to come off. I was glad that this there was no more of this, you know, <laughs> rub some dirt on it, play through it type of uh, type bullshit uh, macho stuff. Yeah. That, Again, I think that that's a very Conte Mourinho type thing. I don't think they would have been nearly as quick to pull him off. They probably would have complained the medical staff was tampering in their coaching decisions. So, again, very glad to see that. But there were a bunch of positives. The the the, the only drawback really that I saw overall, uh, like I said, the weakness in the defense, and then our, our front three just did not click. 
there was you barely saw anything at all from Richie. Uh, and even less, uh, I don't know. You saw Kulzeski keep cutting back into the left over and over again. Didn't didn't find much joy, but he probably looked the brightest. Sun was kind of almost non-existent for large yeah. stretches. Um, I hope that over time, you know, they'll click more. That might take more time than we thought, and maybe the defense, fingers crossed, will take less time than we thought. Um, midfield looked good. Madison was definitely pr- providing that creative spark, even though he was having a drop a little deep because of, you know, Brentford's setup. But yeah, overall, very encouraged. Um, it'll be interesting just to obviously the next game, but just these, these first, uh, month, uh, you know, couple months to see the players hopefully start to play more and more with what, what they're wanted to do and be more confident and, smoother basically so let's see what happens but it was definitely a good start i mean all three of us predicted a draw that's exactly what we got it was pretty similar to i guess what i would have expected the only big difference i guess is is where they got their goals now to be sure we did get caught out a few times there was a chance i can't remember if it was the first half or the second half but mbomo probably should have scored a second goal which uh would have given them three but other than that, um, you know, they basically scored on a penalty that had to be VAR reviewed and then a fluky deflection. Uh, we created much more than they did. Just looking at the stats for the game, 70 percent possession, which is significantly different than what we're used to watching. Um, 711 passes um, and then 18 shots to their to their 11 um, both teams had six on target. So you figure those are encouraging statistics. If we are able to maintain 70% possession, not to say that we'll do that every game, but 70% possession with 18 shots, you figure you're probably going to win more of those games than you lose. Um, as you said, the front three didn't really seem to find a groove. And, you know, you you can't read too much into preseason and exhibition games before the season begins. But, I was a little concerned about Sun um, for a number of reasons. Number one, he was bad last year. So I still have my concerns about whether he'll be able to find his form from two years ago, uh, TBD. The other concern, I guess, was just knowing that he was going to be playing out in that wing position and understanding that the wingbacks kind of cut inside and midfielders are given freedom to roam and, and fill space. And I feel like Sun is is his best version of himself when he's the one making runs in from behind when he's the one um kind of playing counter attacking football and when he has the ball at his feet and we're asking him to attack a set defense and then create for others we haven't really seen him do super well in that role I almost wondered at some points when he and Richie were both pretty ineffective some of the conversations that we were having at the bar um, during the game was like, you know, do you take out him or do you take out Richie? We needed obviously some creativity on that left side. Perisic seemed the best option, but there were some questions about, you know, maybe you want to have son play a little bit in the middle just so that he can have some delivery into him. And I, and I, I wouldn't say concern because it is week one after all, but I do, I do wonder play how that's going to play out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, funny enough, <laughs> I, I mentioned this to you guys last week because I was doing my fantasy draft and then it came to my time to pick and it was like between Sonny and Madison were still on the board. And I was like, I, you know, my brain is telling me I should pick Sun because it's Sun. But a part of me was like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like Madison might have a little bit more statistical joy this season just because he's going to be the primary playmaker. And I know that that's something he can do. He can also take penalties. He can also shoot, uh, take free kicks. I feel like Sun is his best self when he's finishing. And so I just wonder what that's going to look like um, when he's going to primarily be in a position where he'll be asked to to deliver. Yeah, that's. I think that's a fair concern. Um, I, I mean, like you said, we he was came back from from you know injury last year, so he. It's hard to say how much of last year was injury and how much was potentially him starting to slow down. He is is 30. Is he 30, 31? Um, he obviously relies on pace pretty heavily. He's a decent dribbler, but I don't think he's 
yeah, I don't think he's ever been one really to dribble by people to beat his no. man that way. It's usually a, a kind of back shoulder sprinting through. Um, so I, I definitely understand the concern there. I think that I would have picked Madison too <laughs> on the, in that scenario. Um, I, I don't know. Which what sounds crazy though, right? Like he won the golden boot I'm, two years ago. I don't, but I don't think so because Madison will get you goals and assists. If we get clean sheets, he'll get you clean sheet points. Like I I feel like Madison was the pick. <laughs> I don't yeah, even well, I, I I feel like it was like easy not to not to like worry about that. Cause when I do feel like the goals in general are gonna be spread around on this team, I don't think there's gonna be one person that's gonna like score thirty. Goals. I mean I, I yeah, I don't think we're gonna right. get that in this team. I really feel like it's gonna be I mean, you might yeah, have shit. like our first two goals were scored by 15 defenders. and 10 or whatever. But yeah, based on not even just based on today, I felt like that overall, which is why I kind of felt like when we did our predictions, I wasn't on here to do them, but you guys heard them. I said, I felt like the midfield would be the thing that really like propels us. And I really think it's going to be the case, like between Basuma and Madison. And then if Benzikor comes back and in, in is like 90% of the player he was, I just feel like our midfield is going to be really really hard to deal with well madison has started me off on the right foot he's got he got two assists for our first two goals of the season so he's off to a banging start as our as our new number 10 speaking of which because this obviously happened after we recorded we (laughs) we had a whole season preview (laughs) podcast that came out and then the following morning we heard that kane agreed to to go to Bayern or Bayern had agreed with Spurs and then Kane agreed the following day on Friday. So this was not only the beginning of a new season, but a beginning of a new metaphorical season with us not having Harry in our team. I guess he'd been there for the past nine seasons, was it? Um, so this yeah. is a, a true restart in every sense of the word. I mean, I, I think there's a lot that's been said about Harry, what he means to Spurs, what, the speculation of what we would be without him. I, I don't think we need to rehash that because a lot of podcasts already have. But one thing I will say is that it's better for it to have happened now than in 21 when he wanted to move to city. Um, number one, because he doesn't go to city, right? Like we, we get him leaving England. So it's not like we have to play him twice or possibly more than twice a year. The other piece I think though, is, is the fact that, We've hired Pasta Coglu. We're starting over. It's already a rebuild season. We finished eighth last year. Like, I think both from a from a sense of like our personnel, but also from a sense of our expectations, losing him now feels a lot better than it would have two years ago when we were in the middle of who was the coach at that time? I guess it was Nuno. Nuno Jose had just yeah. gotten fired. Nuno came in. We had a team that really wasn't settled. He obviously was not a good fit for the team. And can you can you imagine what that would have looked like? And then you're probably not getting Conte to come in if we don't have Harry Kane, because why would he take the job without him? I don't know. Like it, We might be in a very different place right now had he gotten that move two years ago. And I feel like, for the most part, the fan base is pretty positive. You have, obviously, the people that are upset with Enoch and Levy and the ticket prices and all of that stuff. But for the most part, like there's a significant lift compared to where the fan base was three or four months ago. And so I think a lot of that has to do with Ange, uh, the attitude that he's brought kind of like the down to earthness. Like he, he doesn't feel like he pulls a lot of punches. He's not playing games through the media. Um, He doesn't, have these cryptic quotes um, and you're kind of just getting it is what it is mode from him, which is really refreshing after the past few managers that we've had. Yeah. I just think his whole, like his demeanor is he's not, you know, there were mistakes that were made in that game yesterday, but he didn't come out into the media and rip his players at all. He was like, they're doing what I want them to. They're learning how to play in my system. Like things will get better basically. And it's like his, he just has like a quiet confidence about him that it's just like this is the way it's gonna go. It's it may not be the best thing right now, but we'll figure it out and it'll get better. And he's kind of showed that he's done that everywhere else. So I kind of I'm just like we'll see. I agree. I think it's just such a breath of fresh air to after the the past two three 
managers, caretaker, everybody else that we've had over the past few years to to have somebody that seems just, I guess, progressive on with his ideas for on the pitch, uh, barely progressive for his ideas off the pitch from what we can see so far. Again, going back to him uh, pulling Romero off pretty quickly after the presumed concussion. Um, I just think that he's much more of a he's put, put his arm around you type guy instead of scream at you if you do have a rough day. And I think that's got to be good for the, the players. I think it's good for the fans. I think it's just it just has a much more positive feeling to it uh, beyond just his style of football. So I'm definitely stoked. And I, I would think the players are probably pretty relieved, even even if they like the idea of working under uh, Mourinho or Conte because of the reputation those two had. I think that this probably feels better, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, with Kane gone, I think – both Kim and I had him as our season MVP, <laughs> which now he's no longer Tottenham. He's now playing for Bayern. Kim has since changed her MVP for the season uh, to Madison. And I changed mine to Basuma, which actually, ironically, those are the two players that had the best showing, I think, uh, in the game. The man of the match was probably one or the other of them it, it ended looked... up being basuma yeah yeah um i, I think mean, he, he was the most standout he, he got looked really good sticky situations yeah um yeah like there's just there was His a point ability to hold on to the ball is like amazing <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there, there was a point in the game where one of my friends was like I, I don't want to I don't want to speak too soon, but I'm getting some like Dembele vibes here, and I was like, I know what you're talking about. I'm I mean, not gonna, like I'm not going to say it, but I know what you're talking everyone about. Everyone kind of felt the same thing watching him. My biggest worry, actually, though that that almost made me worried in some ways, is who is going to cover for him? Like he's going to be at the African Cup of Nations. Uh, your fingers crossed he doesn't get injured, but I can, can you imagine a Hoy Bear in that role now? Like seeing that no. live and imagining Hoy Bear there, or <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. he's down like to pecking order court. at this point. They're 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 comfortable moving him, so I think that also gives you an indication of where the coaching staff is on Hoy Bear. And and I think another thing that is understated about this new coach is. And maybe this is my own vanity speaking, but it feels like a lot of what he's doing in terms of the lineups, in terms of the rotations, and even in terms of who he's comfortable letting go, it really seems like aligned with what myself and a lot of other fans feel about our team. Like we've been complaining about Dyer for years. Managers continue to play him. He they always seem to fall in love with him. And this is like the first manager we've had in a while who's just like, yeah, this guy doesn't really fit in with what I'm trying to do, and he can sit. Dyer's an example of that, but I think in large part, the players that we have been looking at, like, man, it would be really nice to see Sar get a look, and, you know, why isn't Conte playing Basuma? And, like, these players are actually getting chances. The players that we have issues with are not getting chances. And then players like Dav, who have looked really rough, are hopefully knock on wood really started looking like they're about to turn a page. So I think that's also been a refreshing thing about Pasacoglu and, you know, the whole week that he's been uh, the head coach. Obviously time will tell how it all plays out, but it does feel like his line of thinking in terms of not only being attacking minded, but also in terms of personnel seems really aligned with the fan base. And that's also something that we haven't had in a while where we were constantly coming onto podcasts and like questioning why something was happening. Why is the coach doing that? Why is this person playing? Why isn't this guy getting a look? And now it feels like we just don't have a lot of those questions, uh, which is really refreshing. Um, yeah. The the only thing that I could have, that, and, and again, it, it seemed like it wasn't his fault is like the, the concussion sub didn't get used. So he ended up using one of his sub windows in the first half and you only get it. You know, you can only if he would have had that concussion sub, he would have been able to able to make like two different changes in the second half. So he would be able to have like two groups of people come in 
Um, and I have a feeling that he probably would have made some changes like maybe 10 minutes before the game was over to try and like turn it. Um, but he just had to stick with the players that were out there. It's kind of disappointing, but you know, that's the kind of stuff that you can look forward to. Because I heard he is one of those coaches that will use all five of his subs. Like, no problem. Imagine that. Um, I remember when Potch was the coach, he was notorious for like an 88th minute sub. He would hold on to his starting lineup until they were literally crawling on the pitch. It feels like this is almost like we had the Potch era. It ended. And now we have this Postacoglu era that's starting. And the three years in between just feel like a dark cloud. It's almost like you don't really even want to talk about it anymore now. I will say, beating out Arsenal for fourth at the end of 2021, beating them 3-0 at home, that was a lot of fun. Like that three or four months at the end of that season where we were able to kind of put a string, string a bunch of wins together, Arsenal fell apart, they had that loss to Newcastle. Like that was fun. But it was also like pretty stressful. <laughs> and then it got really bad the next season and we didn't have any more fun. So I don't know. Yeah, I, it's it's like those three years just kind of came and went. It feels like, uh, you know, a shot in the dark that hopefully this works out. Levy kind of gave it a good old college try. And uh, it didn't work. And now we can kind of just pretend like those three years didn't happen. I don't know. Yeah. Got the little men in black. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, the memory eraser. It. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember what they call that thing. But, yeah, that's exactly what that made me think of. So, yeah, I mean, a lot to look forward to, a lot to be excited about. And I think the other really entertaining part of yesterday, in addition to just watching us play more entertaining, was all the facial expressions that Vicario made. I mean, I love this guy already. He's like a cartoon back there. He's just... He's making facial expressions. He's doing stuff with his hands. I don't know. He, I don't know what he's doing back there, but I, I, I look forward to more of it. It was pretty hilarious. Yeah, I guess he was like the one new guy that I was like, you know, performance was. It was okay. okay. Yeah, it was, I was okay. Like, it was okay. Like it was a little know, shaky he... at the beginning. <clears throat> it, it seemed steadier, you know, after that. But the first couple touches, probably like first game jitters away. You mm-hmm. know, you, you're debuting away from home in a place where he almost they're known how would he almost gave up, he almost gave up a penalty at the end though too i mean that there was that, that there was contact there even though he did pull out of it and maybe they just call that incidental contact and the player got a shot off uh i guess <laughs> that they're gonna say that that was uh, enough of an opportunity to make that not a, a, a foul but I think you could you could argue that the first one they got was a little soft, and the second one probably would have been a little soft too. But um, I, I guess if you're going to give them only one of them, give them the one early on in the game and and, and spare us there in the 85th minute or whatever that was. Right, that was really their only chance of the second half. Right around there. Yeah. No, that's what I say. Like the second half, it was we totally dominated possession, and it. They couldn't even hold, like, they could not hold on to the ball. And I guess the thing that I liked the most is that as the game went along, you could just see them getting stronger and stronger with how they could hold on to possession. So if we figure out how to attack a little better, you can just see how things can get better. And that's what I enjoyed. It was just, like, you can see laid on the pitch what what you what you can improve. And some of that might just be we buy some more players before the end of the transfer window because we see that there's something here that we probably could upgrade on or just require some more competition. Cause I'm like thinking like, who's really backing up Kulusevsky now? What, what do we have on the right wing? What are we putting out there? Uh, it's a Solomon. But well, Solomon, is Solomon I think a right or left? Le- I thought he's a left winger. I think he could play either, either him or Paris, okay. which I think could play either, but I, I I'm still more worried about the six, to be honest. That's where I would like to see a backup come in but to your point about the possession um where i really felt that was the last 10 minutes of the game where i think i chatted something about this like last year we would have been sitting there biting your fingernails while they're 80 80 possession at the end of a game for whatever reason we just always did that um <clears throat> to be able to just to see out a game by being the one on the ball and we'll see when we have a, a lead because that's where you really see it the most obviously is are you able to maintain possession to kill off a game when you have a one goal lead 
Um, but on on away, uh, you know, in a in a draw, I think that was a pretty good example of doing that kind of killing off a game, being the only one really to have many chances in the in the whole second half. But especially again, the last 10, 15 minutes when all they could do was counter once in a while. Um, so, yeah, very, very, uh, again, refreshing to to watch a possession oriented team. It makes the game a lot more fun to watch. Well, you mentioned bringing in some cover for Kulisevsky on the right and talking about having somebody to back up Basuma in the sixth role. Uh, Pasakaglu was asked after the game about potential transfers, and he pretty much said the only way we're getting any more people to come in is after we get some people to, to go out. Our team's super bloated. We have way more players than we need, and we can't afford to bloat it any further. So when we talk about players going out, we're talking about guys like Hugo Lloris, like Eric Dyer. Sessegnon's injured, so he's probably not going anywhere. Same for Hill. You've got Dav, who's probably on the fence at this point. Um, who else is there? Jaffa Tanganga and Tangi Ndombele. So there's a lot of players. There might even be more that I'm not even thinking about, but that's still a pretty uh, significant number of guys. Even for us to think about bringing in one or two more players, we'd probably need to see at least one or two, if not three players exit. Um, because thus far, the only people that have left is Joe Roden on loan. And then um, obviously Mora had an end of his contract and then we sold Harry Winks. So there's been a lot more players signed. Than Harry Kane. Oh, well, right. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I also feel like the Van de Ven money, um, was probably preemptive, preemptively spent knowing that Harry was going to be sold. Um, especially with how quickly we were able to get Madison in and then Solomon right after that. I do feel like us getting Van de Ven when we did was probably an understanding that like sooner or later this deal is going to be go through and we'll be able to pay with it now. So I don't know that we're necessarily sitting on a hundred million right now. We might be sitting on half of that. Um, but regardless, there's still money to be spent. I think it's just a matter of whether or not we're going to be able to get any of these guys out the door. I haven't heard any significant rumors um, there seems to be a lot of like nonsense fan stuff that's floating around, but nothing significant that I've heard from any trusted journalists. Are you guys aware of any potential moves out? No, not anything that's concrete. Um, but hopefully we, we see some more stuff over the next week. Um, now that Angie's like first team sheet went out and there's a definite idea about who they really want to sell, but. Yeah, the hope is that we start to move some of these guys out, even if it's on loan, just so they're not taking up space in the first team. The only one that I heard about is, well, a couple Turkish teams are interested in, in Dombele. There was some news came coming out just today, I think, about Ange basically not being super impressed with uh, Ndombele's, um attitude and apparently his, um, what they say is his time management, something like that, I guess. It's kind of alluding to, I guess, maybe being late or not putting in the the time or effort. It's hard to say because I I didn't see too much detail. That's um, interesting. We've never we've never heard that about him before. Yeah, I know, completely new. Right? <laughs> I thought he was a motor. Um, but yeah, that that's the only one I've really heard anything about. And my guess is we, you know, won't get very much, but we can get him off the books hopefully. But I think the the one other piece with that was that he didn't seem too uh too happy with the idea of going to Turkey. Um, so who knows? Uh, as far as, I, I think that, they're, again, we're just, they're, they're still talking about Orban potentially being uh, an incoming, um, but they they want to have more outgoings before pursuing any more signings was what I had heard, at least read. Right. I guess and we could talk about Richie in a minute, but I also wonder, like, if we were to sign one or two more players, it certainly wouldn't be more than two. Um, it will likely be one more. That's my guess with two and a half weeks left in the window and no potential outgoings in the horizon. I don't imagine it'll be more than one to come in. I obviously like 
I don't know a ton about Orban. I've heard great things. Apparently, he has like an amazing mixtape. Um, but I do wonder if that's the position that we really need right now uh, to take us into the first half of this season, opposed to maybe a backup six or even probably another center back. I mean, we saw exactly what that looks like yesterday when our center back goes out in like the sixth minute and then we're relying on Dav who put in a shift, but by all accounts, he's been given the okay to exit himself. So I don't want us to be in a situation where like, we have to play Ben Davis uh, or somebody else who maybe doesn't need to be there, like a, a Dyer or a Hoybier. So I do wonder about that. Um, I do think like we have enough goals in the team, probably. Maybe that's me being naive, but I, I do feel like I would probably rather us spend that money on another defender well, yeah, I'll I'll stop there. Do you guys agree with that or disagree? Like, what? Where do you think, if we were to just bring in one more person, where would that money best be spent? I think I'm probably with you overall. Defense defense is probably still where we could use the most um, uh, depth, I guess. Whereas we saw we already had an injury right at the beginning of, of the first game of the season to our senior uh, <laughs> senior center half. Um, I do. I like, like we talked about earlier. I'm a little concerned about our front line. I think it would probably be a good idea to to bring one in there as well. And again, probably if we could get a, a defensive mid of some sort, like a, a six to, to back up Suma. But if only one, I would say center back. And then I guess the next priority probably would be a midfielder. I would think. Um, but I think Orban's not that expensive, right? I mean, isn't he kind of viewed as more like one for the future? Like a, I don't know. Well, he's supposed he, like to be like 25 or, or 25 or 30 euros is what I think is being quoted. Right. Which is, I mean, it's, that's not, I shouldn't say cheap, but that's not a super expensive option. Exactly. Um, and if, and as another defender, at least earlier in the summer, they were talking about only getting one of Van de Ven and Tapsoba. And the other one would be more like a bring in long way back for 5 million type thing. <clears throat> so think, if we're talking I about long way was going to Saudi Arabia. I, well, I, I did not hear that, but I did hear that apparently Barcelona are still trying to get like 15 for him and Spurs are not too you know eager to do that. But my point is that if I think that if you were to get a few players that were in that 20 million range or less, then I think that potentially could be doable. I don't think you're going to see them splash 50 million more for another defender and then splash another 50 on an attacker. I don't think we're likely to see anything like that. No, and there, about there really aren't even a lot of $50 million attackers out there right now anyway, especially not center forwards. Right. I guess the other question with Orban as the most linked potential transfer in, is that really what we need? And I guess the bigger question is, are we concerned about Richie being like the guy for this season? He didn't have a ton of impacts yesterday, but I also feel like the center backs or sorry, the center forwards role in this system isn't necessarily always to get the ball, but to create space for everybody making runs behind him. And, and from that perspective, he did pretty well. He also, I think a lot of the times was very consciously trying not to be offside and like was I could see him checking his run which then, of course, created fewer opportunities for him. But, like, I'd rather him be doing that a little bit more and, like, keeping the defender on his back shoulder uh, versus just, like, making those runs haphazardly and, and high lines just kind of ignoring him because they know that he's off. So I, I don't know. Like, I, he was statistically ineffective yesterday, but I, I haven't watched the game back, but I don't. I don't feel like he was completely useless. Like, I think he did a lot of the right things yesterday. He just didn't score. Yeah, I feel like there was only, like, one opportunity he had where I was like, he really should have done better. And that was the one that was, like, in the 80, 88th, 89th minute towards the end of the game where he got the ball right there in the middle of the box. And his finishing just was not, to me, up to par. He sort of hit it, like, straight towards the keeper as opposed to trying to put it into the the bottom right corner. So it's it, it's like stuff like that where I'm just like, 
it's you don't want to compare him to the person that just used to be there but that's probably guaranteed goal if our guy h is in the is in the box um so it i i could see it's gonna take Richarlison some time like he this is his first opportunity to play with kulisevsky and um son on his right or his left so it's not like he was he was like with the second um with like the b team in his friendly minutes so a front three is not gonna especially guys that have never really played together are not just gonna click automatically so i think we have to just give them some time but i do think it's important for us to have someone there that backs him up or fights truly fights for the center forward role because yeah there are going to be times that where we filter sun in there but is there someone that's truly pushing richarlison to be his best every day that's kind of why i want us to buy another striker we have a young guy but i don't think they're looking for valise to like really produce for tottenham this year so i feel like it's important to have someone there that if richarlison does get hurt we have someone that can truly back him up or if the guy comes in and he's better than Richarlison, he can start. Like I, I think it's important for us to have someone, especially without Kane there, that is a true competition for that number nine position. Would you prefer Orban over a center back? No, because I still think defense is the most important thing. But I would really like if we could do both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd be kind of surprised. Nice. They, again, they 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 planned on getting two uh, two center backs at the beginning of the window. At least that was what all the news said. And now they've sold Kane, which I think a lot of people thought they would. I can't imagine they wouldn't bring in some forward <laughs> just to to bolster the forwards a little bit because it's not like it's not like that's where a lot of the blow is. Really, <clears throat> it's not at the forwards. So really, blow is mostly with defenders that aren't good enough or midfielders that aren't you know good enough or progressive enough. Um, I, I'm trying to think like, who are the bloat forwards? Like who, like we've talked about all the players they're, they're getting rid of almost all of them are defenders and midfielders, right? Are there any forwards they're even talking about? So I don't know that Kane we have a lot of forwards player. to get rid of. The only one yeah. is probably Alfie divine. And that's someone that we're probably looking to, to send out on loan. Um, I think Ange also said Dane would be staying with the team at least through the January window, um, he might go out on loan in the winter. So to answer your question, no. <laughs> um, a Divine might be the only one, but everybody else is pretty much either a midfielder or – and Divine might actually be a midfielder himself. I know he's yeah, definitely he an, an attacking right. player. So yeah. wait, um, Arban, though, can he play as a winger or is he more of just a center forward? Like would he yeah. only be a, a playing in that number nine position or is he flexible i mean i admittedly don't know a ton about him but my understanding no, is that based he's a on striker. his five map yeah he's a striker center forward those are the two positions he plays the most i mean the the other yeah, thing so- i'll say just going back to richie is that he is really good in the air as well and i feel like he will benefit at some point he didn't benefit in the first game but like there's there's 37 left to play so I'm not giving up on him yet, but I I do see him being able to kind of create some havoc in the box, especially if we're going to be creating primarily from those wing positions. So I, I, you know, obviously injury is injury. You always want to have backups. You want to, you always want to have people that can cover, but like, I'm not, I don't don't think I'm ready to give up on him yet, especially after 60 million spent. Like let's at least give him a season as the starting center forward and see what, what can happen. One, and and with one game, I mean that's definitely way too early. Of course, to up on exactly, him. exactly. And but and like you said, I think it's a good point. I think Postecoglou even has pointed this out. It, is that in a system, the forwards are it's somewhat of a thankless position. It is like you said, it's somebody to stretch to make to make to create space and then to press to kind of lead the the press. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and those are two things a, that he's good at too. Yeah, he's got like, a motor. So uh, as long as he does what you're saying, check his his. Uh, Check his runs to, to to you know keep on side and just not not cause too many offsides. And then when he does have chances to hopefully be more efficient, be a little bit more ruthless with his finishing. He did not have a whole lot of to to uh, to do on on Sunday in terms of great chances. Um, what you hope for, and I think both you guys really already made this point, is that the wingers kind of um, 
do a lot of that. Uh, the wingers and the midfielders arriving a little bit late to the box. That's where we get most of our goals. Um, so it'll be mixed around. Our midfielders, I thought, looked pretty well. Skip, <clears throat> Skip didn't look terrible, but he just didn't look very Dynamic. useful, I guess. He he, he didn't fine. create much. Yeah, he was fine. Um, but I, I I think so. I think we need more from that position. I think we need more from the wingers. And and that's how we, we get the uh, the shots and eventually goals. Yeah, I feel like in general, if if we were looking to put more balls into the box and we if we look to cross a little more, um we might, but they were playing three center backs. So that was that's also like I feel like there were at times Rashardson was being marked by two center backs, and that's just tough. Like not many guys are gonna be able to, you know, create that much space for themselves to do much if you're being marked by like two center backs. So um kind of tough on him but hopefully you know he feels like he gets a little more space um against man united and they'll play differently they won't be and man united shouldn't be in a low block or you know a mid to low block for the entire game with five five defenders like on a back they had like a back flat back five i don't think we'll be dealing with that against united they're probably they're gonna try and probably make this battle more of a midfield battle than it was against Brentford. So expect to see some areas where Richarlison can get in behind the defense more than he did um, today. Well, looking ahead to that Manchester United game, that's going to be Saturday at 1230 Eastern, which is my time. That's 1130 Ben's time. And United just played Wolverhampton earlier today. Uh, we're we're obviously recording this on Monday night, and they did not look good. They won the game uh, by the skin of their teeth with 51% possession. Wolves had 23 shots total, but um, only one big chance and scored zero goals. It seems that United kind of got away with one. Their midfield didn't look very strong. Their attack was toothless. And there was a big penalty shot at the end of the game uh, with Onana going up for a ball and, and kind of clattering into two defenders that was not called a penalty. So they might have even gotten lucky not to draw. I was pretty encouraged watching that game. And I said, you know, if they show up like this on Saturday, I really like our chances for three points, especially with us playing at home. I don't know if either of you saw the game, but I guess just looking ahead to the match, thinking about what we did, um, thinking about what you know about United, what are you looking to see, and then give us your prediction. And, Ben, we can start with you. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, Kim already made a bunch of good points about this uh, in that we are going to see a completely different setup from United than we did for, you know, against Brentford. Um it's going to be interesting to see, obviously, throughout the year, how we we uh, look against different calibers and types of teams. Because, you know, Brentford are set up basically to try to take advantage of the way that we play. Our new style, right, is trying to do what we were doing last year, which is to sit deep, to defend deep, to defend really compact, and to counter and, and, and depend on that. And Overall, you know, in this past game, I think that, you know, that the expected goal difference was not like they they competed pretty well in terms of that. Um, United is going to be a completely different kettle of fish here, though, and that they are going to play more closely to our style. I don't know if they're quite as um, forward thinking as we are in terms of of both possession and uh, aggressiveness on on offense. I don't I don't know. I'm curious to see how this will play out. If this would be a 50-50 possession type game, it is at uh, for Spurs going to be playing at home. So I could see us um, being more likely to be the possession team than them. Uh, but I think that Kim's point was also really good about our forwards having a lot more space to run into because of that. So I'm, I'm just curious to see what our attacking um, style will look like against United. If if our, our forwards will look a little bit um yeah a little bit more well in included in the game kind of not not as uh on the on the edges looking in um and our midfielders will have a lot more room you would think to uh 
to kind of pass it. Be like they'll have they'll have more. Sorry, they're they're gonna have less time on the ball, but more more room between the lines. So hopefully we will see um, more through ball type action. Uh, I don't know who's gonna be playing that role that Skip played. Obviously, I could see Madison really tearing them apart and Son Richarlison getting behind. But I could really see United taking a lot more advantage of the space that we're going to give them than Brentford were able to do. So I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Um, as far as uh, – so we are doing predictions at this stage, right? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's we're do it. We're at, we're, at, we're, at, we're at that stage. Yeah, I think I'm going to go 3-2 Spurs. I uh, I think I could see a high school goal-scoring affair. I think I'm glad that we're at home. Um, I yeah, I'll go three two Spurs. Yeah, um, man, this one's tough for me because I did not get to see. I haven't really gotten to see United play like throughout the entire preseason, and I pretty much missed most of this game because I was on. I had some meetings today at work in the afternoon. Um, but I mean, based on just the the stats and what I could surmise from that game. They just don't look that good, to be honest. Um, they won the game, but like you said, they gave up more shots. Um, they gave a Wolves team who a lot of people were picking to, you know, be relegated. They gave them like half the possession. So um, if they were, if I feel like if Wolves were able to to get half the possession, we should be able to at least muster half, or if not, I could see us getting 60. Um, and so, uh, I don't know, I'm at this point, don't really rate Mount, Mason Mount either. Um, does not, I don't know. It's, it's, they were, I mean, that was, that was a guy that Ten Hog was like, that was like his primary target, um, which I thought was odd. And I thought, you know, well, he's a good coach. Maybe he sees something that I don't see, but, Whatever it is that he's seeing or thought that he might benefit from, he, he certainly didn't get any of it today. Yeah, I think, and then I, I'm also I think Mount only, to see. Uh, I think he got subbed off early, actually. he. Uh, let's see here. He played... So he got subbed at minute 68. 68. Okay. They yeah. subbed off Lissandra Martinez pretty early. He got subbed off at... Um, halftime. He had a yellow. Halftime. Okay, yeah. I am going to go 2-1. Because I do feel like we have the ability to score goals. And like you say, they're going to come from places that we don't expect this year. But it's going to be hard for me to even go with us only scoring one goal based on how much we're going to want to attack. So, yeah, I'll go 2-1 because I just don't see that. And like, yeah, like it's going to be tough, but we should hopefully have Romero back. If we have him back, I feel a lot more confident. Um, So, yeah, I'll go with the 2-1 Spurs just be optimistic until I can. You mentioned the midfield. Um, they had a midfield today of Casemiro, Mounts, and Bruno Fernandez. Um, so then you you you, you guess that's going to probably match up with our guys, Basuma, Skip slash Sar, and then Madison. <clears throat> which, for my money, you know, I I, I think we have. A slight advantage there. I could see a 60-40 type of possession game. Um, but I do still expect that we'll get majority of it. I, I mean, I think their big issue is trying to figure out how to create. They also just don't seem to have a lot of rhythm and flow up amongst them right now. That's not an issue that I think we're going to have. But I also feel like we'll be playing a much higher line than Wolves played today. And so... Rashford, Anthony, and Garnacho were their front three today. They had substitutes for Jaden Sancho, uh, Sancho as well. I can see them certainly threatening us from behind, especially with guys like Anthony and Rashford that like to make runs. So I don't see a clean sheet, but I also feel like we'll be able to create more shots than they will, um, and that's going to be because I'm just betting on our midfield against theirs. I think we'll be able to get more possession, which will lead to more shots on goal. And so it's the first home game of the season too. So it would be nice to get three points in front of the home crowd and in Ange's first home game. 
I'm not giving them more than one goal. I, I think I'm just I'm I'm a little hung up on how many I think will be able to score. Two one was a safe bet. I don't know if I'm willing to go to three. You know what? I'm gonna go three one. I'm gonna just throw it out there. I'm I'm putting my I'm putting my flawless uh Put prediction your Jesse record. hat on. That's what you're doing. <laughs> I'm putting my <laughs> my flawless prediction record on the line. I also just didn't want to say what you said, so um mm. I, <laughs> I want mm-hmm. i want to have my own uh my i want to have my own prediction here um two one is probably more likely no stick with I, your three pressure of 38 no is on i'm feeling the pressure after getting the, that two two draw now i'm now i'm now i'm actually second guessing them instead of just uh throwing something some nonsense out there i guess the only thing is I, I absolutely believe that we'll create enough opportunities to score three goals. I don't know that our offense is clicking enough yet to actually take the chances that we get. Um, so that's that's kind of making me falter a little bit. And like def- uh, defensively, Juan Basaka was really good today. Uh, Varane scored their only goal. Martinez, I really rate. Shaw, I rate as well. So like, I don't feel like they're going to be back there making a bunch of mistakes. We're going to have to actually score the goals that we get. So the more I'm thinking and talking this out, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going back on my pick. I'm going back to two, one. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. If we score three, I'm going to be super pissed. But um, yeah, I think, I think I feel confident about it. It's going to be a primetime game. It's going to be match of the week pretty much for next week. So um. All eyes on Spurs. I think this is going to be a lot of people's probably first chance seeing us if they didn't want to watch us play Brentford. And so, like, it'll be a, it'll be a statement game for sure if we can pull out the win. So let's let's go out and get it. Let's go. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> Do it. Come on, you Spurs. Yeah. Yeah.